Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. And this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament. We move through the narrative and the text and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to study your word again. Mm -hmm. We pray your blessings upon us as we study, as we navigate through the text. Father, Father, help us to find the things that we need to learn, that we need to teach, so that uh, those that are watching and listening can, can learn and, and apply these things to their lives. Father, thank you for the power of the word. Thank you for what it can do to, in our lives and, and how it can change us. And we pray that, that that will happen today. Bless us, encourage us, lift us up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we're still in Numbers 14, though I think we might get done with it today. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I'm looking at how much there's left, and probably not. Well, <laughs> you want to talk about something else again, but we were going to talk about the 40 years, that it's not actually, when he says they're going to wander around for the next 40 years, it, 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 again, there's one of those metaphors. I mean, he, I mean that one. Well, of those, it's, it's, so it's, look, our culture is really, really fixated. Mm -hmm. Really, So you guys, first of all, you need to understand, Dan hates talking about this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, Dan loathes talking about well, these Well, I issues. don't, I, you know, when we when we just go on and on and on about it, I mean, I want, you know, let's get it done. It's so, really, they're going to be wanting for 37 and a half years. So we're looking at, yeah, so we're looking at verse uh, 34 in chapter 14, mm -hmm. right? So God has already said, your children will be shepherds here for 40 years. This mm -hmm. is 33. Suffering for your unfaithfulness until the last of your bodies lie in the wilderness. Yep. And then verse 34, for 40 years, one year for each of the 40 days you explored the land, you will suffer for your sins and know what it is like to have me against you. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will surely do these things to this whole wicked community, which is banded together against me. They will meet their end in this wilderness. Here they will die. So let's talk about the 40 years. If you count the years from this point, it's not 40 years. It's no. like 38, 37 and a half, something 37 like that. 37 and a half, 38 and a half. So... So, they were at Sinai for two years. Right. People lose their mind. Oh, God, God said 40 years. See, it's not actually 40 years. Okay, stop. Stop. In our culture, that's incredibly important. Chron chronology, right? We want a chronological in-sequence narrative. It's very, very important to us. A event happened at this point in time. B event happened at this point mm -hmm. in time. There are this many years before. Okay. The book of Numbers, chronology is not important. If you're If you're looking for chronology in the Bible itself... You're going to be sadly disappointed. Sometimes I, I would agree. With in that in, sometimes, if you're looking yeah. at, if you're going to look at to, to document from cover to cover. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you put can't a do that. Into it. You can't do that. It's it's really not it's really not a good idea. Um, biblical. There there are some really awesome biblical scholars who are just absolutely top tier, and their hobbies are biblical chronology, huh. and they have pointed out numerous times that it, you'll go insane trying to get all the chronology. It just seems like you got way too much time on your hands if that's your if that's your hobby. Well, 
well, it's it's a fun hobby. It's fun to think about. Anyway, but the the point is not that just because we have difficulty fitting in chronology means that chronology doesn't matter or that it's it's all wrong. That those aren't the takeaways. The takeaways we should understand is the culture that this that produced this work. Okay, mm-hmm. the ancient Hebrews that wrote this put this book together, right? Through the power of God, not saying that it's not inspired, but God used people to put it together. And the people that put it together could have cared less about chronology. That wasn't the point. For them, they're not documenting this for future generations. So future generations know the exact timeline that didn't matter to their culture. The timeline exactly didn't matter. that, That wouldn't have been a category in which these people thought. And so what matters more in numbers are the design patterns, like, you know, the the rebellions, the constant rebellions, who's rebelling, rebelling, you know, how, how it starts with the people and then how it starts right when they leave Mount Sinai. These things matter more. How that rebellion in numbers matches up to the rebellion we see in Exodus after they leave Egypt, right? So all of those things are much more important than the chronology, which is why when he says this 40 years it ends up counting the time they wandered in the wilderness before they got to sinai it It, counts the time it counts from the time they left egypt to the time they get back and if you if you didn't follow anything else i said think about it from this way it's like god said 40 years with two years time served yeah i mean that's that's an easy way to look at it right yeah and so judges do that all the time if if you if that makes more sense to you hey you can look at it from that perspective but now Let's get into verse 36. So the men, let's leave behind the the 40 years. We're going to leave behind all that stuff. Yep. (laughs) So the men Moses had sent to explore the land who returned and made the whole community grumble against him by spreading a bad report about it. Remember, these were leaders a second ago. Mm -hmm. These men who were responsible for spreading a bad report. To refresh you guys, this was a leader from every tribe. Yeah. 12 of them. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, they had 12 men that went in to spot the land. 10 of them came back and said, we can't take the land. And you can go back a little bit and they look and say, man, we're, they're giants over there. We're like grasshoppers. They're going to kill us all and give us, they're going to take our children captive and all that stuff. So anyway. Uh, so those these men who were responsible for spreading the bad report about the land were struck down and died of a plague before the Lord. Notice again, this is capital L-O-R-D. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're emphasizing the covenant nature of God. These men yeah. have violated the covenant and God puts them to death for it. Um, of the men who went to explore the land, only Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, survived. When Moses reported uh, this to all the Israelites, they mourned bitterly. So in other words, Moses comes back and tells the Israelites, hey, this is what God has said. Early the next morning, they set out uh, for the highest point in the hill country, saying, Now we are ready to go up to the land uh, the Lord promised. Surely we have sinned. Good okay. grief. <laughs> so let's talk about forgiveness for a second. God says, because I, I I constantly see people outside the church take advantage of people in the church on the subject of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And I see people in the church take advantage of other members in the church on the topic of forgiveness. So let's talk about forgiveness for a second. The Israelites have admitted their sin. Moses comes to him and says, hey, this is a bad thing. The leaders who led them in rebellion, God has put to death. The Israelites now come and they say, oh, we've sinned. We've made a mistake before the Lord. Now let us go into the land. So let's talk about how forgiveness works. Because God's going to allow them to be absolutely routed by the nations that they went, they're going in. He's not going to go with them. And he's going to give the victory to the other nations. Mm-hmm. But God has stated he's forgiven them. So I don't understand why are they still being punished? 
Well, because, because they if, because they come at repentance from the wrong person. Well, because if I wrong you, right, and you forgive me, we're supposed to be good now, right? Well, yeah. So, like, if I break into your house and steal something, and you forgive me, now you're supposed to give me the keys to your house. You no, forgiven no, me. no, 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 no. No, it doesn't work no, that way. No, it doesn't work that way. But you see the connection here. Yes, I do. Okay. No, it doesn't work that way. You know, if if, if you say, "Please forgive me," I say, "Okay, fine," but that doesn't mean that I'm not watching you. Well, make sure. And if I break in your house and you catch me and I say I'm sorry, you're going to forgive me and not call the cops, right? Hmm. Let, let me help you out, church. You break into my house, I'm calling the cops. <laughs> yeah. I'm calling the cops on you. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling the police. Yeah. I'm going to press charges. And Lord willing, forgive, you're going to go to jail. I'll, I'll forgive you. Yeah. You'll be forgiven. And I'll love but you as a brother. Are still there. But Lord willing, if there's justice in this land, you'll go to prison. You ask yourself, why did they say, oh, wait, 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 wait. We want it. Now we want to go up. Now we'll go take the land that God gave us. Now we'll go. Yeah. Why did they do that? Yeah, because because they saw. Everybody's sorry when they get caught with their hand in the cookie jar. Because they saw 10 guys just got yeah. eat up with yeah. the plague. Yeah. Oh, well, well wait a minute. Well, we'll go now. Well, wait a minute. You mean, you mean you're, uh, we're going to have to wander in the wilderness? We're all going to die? What did God to go to told them? That he was going to do. I'm going to kill every one of you. That's right. And he started with them. <laughs> There's the first ten. Yeah, I don't like these consequences. And they said, "Oh no, we'll go now. We we promise we'll go now." And God said, "It's too late." You know, have you have you given a, a child something to do, and you told them, "If you don't do this, this is going to happen," and they don't do it, and you're coming at them, and they know what's coming. You say, "Oh, okay, I'll go do it now." It's too late. It's too late. I gave you a chance. It's too late. That's what God, you know, you go into a hospital room and somebody's laying there and they're dying and, and they say, oh, I, 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 I want to repent now. Man, you know, maybe to God it's too late. He's given you how many opportunities over and over and over, you know, to, you know, to I, 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 somebody I was in Walmart there and they said, what do you think about this little pamphlet? And I had the pamphlet and I flipped through it. And it's a typical, it's a typical, um, you know, kind of a, a denominational kind of pamphlet. You know, it, it goes and says, all you have to do is repent and believe and everything's going to be fine. It doesn't talk about being obedient, you know, that kind of stuff. No, no baptism or nothing in there. And I said, you know, bring it Friday night. We'll talk about it. But this is not something that, you know, this, I mean, it's fine for, up to a point, but it don't go far enough. Well, you know, this is, it's fine for you. If this, you want to say, I'll go now. It's too late. It's too late. It's like, a guy laying in the hospital, it may be too late. Man, he he's had opportunities already. How many times he's had opportunities to go, and he and he chose not to. They had an opportunity. They could have gone to the promised land after they've been watering for two years. Lee, pull up Proverbs one. Go ahead. Yeah, you're and, right. They had an opportunity. Yeah, they had an opportunity, and they and they didn't they didn't go to. They didn't take advantage of the opportunity. And God's saying, no, 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 it's too late. It's too late. Now punishment is already coming. I've already I've already meted out punishment. It's, it's on its way, and every one of you is going to die. That's right. Because, because here's the thing. There are consequences to our actions, mm -hmm. and we don't like those consequences. And when we do the crime, we want to get out of jail free card. Mm -hmm. And I think this is, this is really going talking about the pamphlet specifically. This is really a problem with modern, uh, <coughs> modern presentation of the gospel. Mm -hmm. The modern presentation of the gospel presents the gospel like it's a get out of jail free card. Mm -hmm. And the, the barrier for entry, right— to get this get out of jail free card, all you do is have to say this spell. You know, you say this spell in these certain words, in these certain ways, and you'll be and and the the God that you owe a debt to, you now you're free. And you never see that. Not 
In the book of Acts, you no. never see that one so, time. So essentially that's paganism, right? Because paganism is designed, the whole in, intent. See, we, we think we conceptualize all the all practices of religion in the Western world through a Western lens. And that's a problem because paganism was not that, right? Paganism, which is actually becoming more prevalent today, is the pursuit of <laughs> manipulating spiritual powers and authorities, right? You have personal spiritual powers that you're trying to manipulate to get what you want on a personal level. You've got uh, regional spiritual powers that you're trying to manipulate. And you see this in the Bible. Uh, a perfect example is in the book of Kings with the Syrian army. You know, oh, Israel defeated us in in the hills. Well, their God must be a God of the hills. So we're going to we're going to fight them in the plains because then we'll beat them yeah. because their God is not a God of the plains. Ha ha. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is this is kind of the way pagans think. OK, mm -hmm. so when we articulate the gospel, we have to make sure that we're not articulating paganism. And for many people, the articulation of the gospel is not. You're an active participant in rebelling against God. You've got to give all that up and turn completely to follow Jesus and give him your life and follow him. You've got to give him everything. It's going to cost you everything. We don't articulate the gospel that way nine times out of ten. Instead, what we do is we tell people, oh, do you feel bad about the bad things you've done? You poor baby. Yeah. You just you just yeah. say these magic words in this magic way and think it real hard and you'll be saved. That's nonsense. That's not what God is offering. No. God is not offering. God is not some weak regional deity that you can manipulate with magic words and a spell. That's not how this works. The God of the universe, to him, you are in rebellion. Active rebellion. You are an active participant in the kingdom of darkness. You have given yourself wholly over to this rebellion, and the only way you can get out of it, the only way you can escape the righteous retribution that is coming is if you completely and totally surrender. You've got to give this God. And that's what he's telling him here. You have to surrender. And what's the surrender going to be about? What's the surrender about today? Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, that's what you have to do. You have to deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow me. And he said, if you won't do that, then don't call yourself one. That's Because right. you're not a disciple. Absolutely. That's what he, he I didn't say it. He no, said it. He, he said, said you are not my disciple if right. you're not willing to do this. But, but what we want to tell people is, oh, no, no, no. Th th those are works. That's not works. No. This is not a work. This isn't a work thing. Look, look, if you turn and give your complete life to Jesus, surrender it completely and start following him and living as he lived and doing the things he lived, none of that earns you salvation. No. Okay. No. Because there's nothing you can do to earn it. No. There's nothing. No. God has to offer it. That's what grace is. Not <laughs> giving us what we deserve, yep. but giving us something we don't deserve. Uh -huh. And no amount of turning and doing good works is going to somehow make up for the rebellion we participate in. They say, oh, well, we'll go now. Now we'll go well, and we'll do this good thing. Th think about it. The modern conception, the popular modern conception of the gospel, which is what we're we're pointing out, mm -hmm. that's work works-based. What do you have to do? Well, you have to feel bad. Mm -hmm. You got to feel bad in your heart. Mm -hmm. And then then you got to say the magic words. Mm -hmm. And if you do those two things, now God's going to give it to yeah. you. What? That's works based. Yeah. That's works based. Not according to them. Yeah. I, I it's it's flabbergast. I understand not according to them, but let's let's get real. Right? What are they saying? You put in these two coins and you get the prize. Mm -hmm. That's works-based. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is you've got to give God everything. They you've qualify. Give him they, your whole life. They said, oh, yeah, 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 and then you have to follow Jesus. That's what, I mean, I'm just telling you. 
that's 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 why it's so confusing to people. I know. You know, they go to church on Sunday, they sit there and sing sing their songs, and then they go out and their life is a mess. Yeah. Because because they've never actually given themselves over. No. So the spirit can can indwell them. No. I want my get out of my get out of jail free card. And then I'm going to go, because I've now got my get-out-of-jail-free card, I'm going to put this in my pocket because once I have it, I can never lose it. So it's my get-out-of-jail-free card. I said the magic words one day. I came down, did the altar call. Look, look, look. We 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 emphasize baptism, right? Mm-hmm. And we do that because nobody else really talks about baptism anymore. They think it doesn't matter, right? Okay, so let's I'll put it to you this way too, because it works it works with us as well. Like people do this mm-hmm. with us, right? They'll say, We just had a guy who converted who did this, right? In the past. So we do this. I don't care what your checklist is, I don't care what your workspace thing is. It's you can do it this way. You can say, modern conception of the gospel, all I do is gotta say the magic words. And then think the magic thoughts, and I get my get-out-of-jail-free card, which I can never lose. Or you could say it this way, right? Well, I've got to give this money. And once I give all this money, I get my my magic get-out-of-jail-free card. Yeah. And then I can go do whatever I want, right? Or we could say it this way. i got to get wet one day. Mm-hmm. i got to get wet. As long as I get wet, I get my yeah. get-out-of-jail. Yeah. See, the problem is, as humans, we want to grab onto any of these conceptions of it because it makes us feel better right? I've said the magic words. I've gotten wet. I've given all I've, I've given all the money I have. I've done all the things. And now I get my j- get out of jail free card and I can live my life the way you want. Well, congratulations. That's called works. That's called pagan based religion. That's called all of the things that the gospel is not. And he's giving you an example right here. And, uh, you know, these, when these people say, you know, now we're ready to go to the land. The Lord promised, surely we have sinned. You know, they said, we've sinned. We repent. We confess God loves us. We're going to go. We feel and, real bad. About but Moses it. said, why are you disobeying the Lord's command? You know, wait a minute. You're just disobeying all over again. You know, what are they doing when they say, oh, if I just say these magic words, you're disobeying all over again. Because that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, he that believes in his baptized will be saved. Did he not say that? He, it's a command. Did, did not Peter Matthew... tell them when they asked, what can we do? Repent, each of you, and be baptized. And, and did he not say that? Right. And then we want to talk about how baptism isn't and, any of the things that the Bible and, says. And it didn't right. Jesus say the only way, unless you hate your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, even your own life, you cannot be, you have no part of me. Well, and then once you, once you do make this commitment, once you surrender and you make this commitment to following Jesus, right? Again, there's nothing magical in the water. No, I say this all the no, time. There's no. nothing magical about the water. No. Peter will say, baptism now saves you, not the removal of filth from flesh, but Answer the appeal to God or the pledge to God of yeah. a good conscience, right? So what what are we doing? Well, we're calling on the name of the Lord, right? This is how God prescribed Acts twenty two sixteen. and Paul, why do you delay? Or Saul, why do you delay? Arise now and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord, right? So this is how we're supposed to call on the name of the Lord. And you're right. The very first thing they do is they say, well, this isn't how you call on the name of the Lord. That's number one. But then number two, what's the next thing? Next thing they say, well, you can do church anywhere you want yeah yeah right mm-hmm. what does g what does john say john says right for this is the message you've heard from the beginning that we should love one another and guess what anyone who does not love remains in death anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer and we know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him well i can't go to that church they're all a bunch of hypocrites yeah. well guess what if you hate the church that you can see then you don't love god who you can't see yeah it's that simple that's what he said it's that simple that's exactly but what he said. we take all that stuff off yeah. Right. Or not well, we, but other people and, take all that stuff. And here, off. and he says, he he said, you know, you know, but Moses said, why are you disobeying the Lord's command? This will not succeed. 
Do not go up, because the Lord is not with you. You will be defeated by your enemies, for the Amalekites and the Canaanites will face you there, because you have turned away from the Lord. See, you know, people don't understand that when you have these false teachers out there teaching this stuff, they have turned away from God. That's right. Because that's not what God said. That's right. You know, get in the book, guys, and find out what God says. What does God actually say? We we, we talked about this a lot, because it's come, it's come up throughout this section, right? We talk about the modern conception uh, in, in the Western church about God is he is a God of eternal second chances. I can continue in my rebellion. I can continue to mess up. I can continue to make mistakes. And God is always standing there. The door is always open. What does he actually say? Out in the open. This is Proverbs mm-hmm. 1. Mm-hmm. Out in the open. This is a verse starting at verse 20, uh, Lee. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. But since you refuse to listen when I call, and no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand, since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I in turn will laugh when disaster strikes you. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you, then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me. Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear or harm. What does God say? He says, Pharaoh, you have five shots. You have five shots to turn this around. And when you don't, you're done. Your goose is cooked. There is no more opportunity for repentance. Yeah. Yeah. When I, I, I study the gospel of people all the time, and I warn them as we study, do not harden your hearts. Because God may be calling to you today, but you can't guarantee that that call is going to be there tomorrow. At some point, God knows. I don't. I want to make that real clear. I'm not going to stand over someone and say, it's too late, you're done. I have no authority to do that. That's not my job. My job is to tell you what the scriptures say. What the scriptures say is very clear. God could be calling to you today, but that might be your only shot. You're not guaranteed infinite number of chances. At some point that God decides the bill comes due, just like it does for Pharaoh. And that's true today as it was then. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's always been the case. These Israelites in the wilderness, God has forgiven them, but now the bill comes due. You're not going to get what I promised. I'll give it to the next generation because I'm God and I can do this. People people think God, when God makes a covenant, now he's somehow stuck. I've heard heard this from teachers and they say, well, God God made a promise to the Israelites that the the Levites would be an everlasting priesthood. So at some point in the future, the Levites are going to come back. What? Are you insane? No, no. And you know where the proof of this is? Go look at what God tells Eli in 1 Samuel. He looks at Eli. God makes a promise to Phinehas. He says, you're going to be a high priest. He makes a promise to Aaron. Your your family is going to be high priest before me forever. And then watch what Eli does. Eli jacks around, doesn't ever correct his sons. His sons commit uh, just all these atrocities before the Lord. And guess what God says to him? God says, I made a promise to your your ancestor, but now it's null and void because you did not honor me. Yeah. 
The covenant's broken, guys. Yep. If if we break covenant with God, God does not have to come back and say, oh, it's okay, you poor thing, yep. I forgive you. Yep. He doesn't have to do that. Yep. And he doesn't with Eli. He strips him of the covenant. Guess what God did in AD 70 to the Jews in Israel? Stripped him of the covenant. Stripped him of the covenant. Why? Because the new covenant was here and they refused to enter. Not all the Jews, but the majority. But the majority. God doesn't have a covenant with the biological descendants of Israel anymore. Go back and read John chapter 8, John chapter 9, John chapter 10. What does Jesus say? You're not children of Abraham, you're children of the devil. The biological descendants do not matter. God wants the people who are going to call on him and who are going to trust on him. This is what 1 Corinthians chapter 10 is talking about, folks. It's a warning to the church. This stuff happened to Israel as a warning to the church. Now, does that mean that God is absolutely positively done with the nation of Israel? It's not for me to say. No. Paul talks about the hardening that Israel has experienced in Romans chapter 11. Mm -hmm. That's fair. That's a fair point. But if you think at some point we're going to go back to the Old Covenant, you're wrong. No. There was nothing in the Old Covenant. It was a tutor leading us to Jesus. And we need to get, get our thinking yeah. right on this topic. Here, and he tells, he tells them, and he said, God's not going to be with you and you're going to fall by the sword. Yeah. And then he said, nevertheless, in their presumption, they went up toward the highest point in the hill country. Though, rather, though neither Moses nor the Ark of the Lord's Covenant moved from the camp. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in that hill country came down and attacked them and beat them all the way to Hormuth. But they repented. I thought they repented. You know how I know they didn't repent? Because they didn't obey. Yeah. God said, we're not doing that now. Now we're done. And they said, no, no, no. We still want it our yeah, way. It, I met with a brother. It, go I, met, ahead. I met with a brother. Sorry, man. I'm, I'm, uh, That's all right. I'm hot ahead. on this. I met with a brother um, not too long ago. And uh, hadn't seen him in a long time. Had, hadn't seen him in a while. And I, I was, I've been going over our interaction in, in my head. And it, it dawned on me that he's still in the same boat. He's still kicking and scratching and fighting, <laughs> kicking against the goad. He wants things his way. And it, it just breaks my heart. Because it's the same rebellion. Mm -hmm. it, it's got to be my way. And if it's not going to be my way, then it's wrong. And it's like... You can't, repentance is yielding. Repentance is turning from that. Repentance yeah. is turning away from yourself. If they had truly repented, they would not have then said, well, let's go up here. We're going to take it. And surely God's going to be with us. God's already spoken on this matter. He He's no. not given it to you. No. So how do I know your repentance wasn't authentic? Because now you're not willing to listen. Because we know that repentance is not, when it's not authentic is when people don't obey, when they, it, don't, when they don't turn themselves, when their lives don't become committed to Christ. Look at what John the Baptist said, mm -hmm. right? The soldiers come out to him. What, what should we do? Well, you need to repent. You need to be baptized. You need to do all those things. But then what? Don't, don't take advantage of people. Be content with your wages. Do all these things. He looks at the tax collectors. Don't take more money than you're owed. Yeah. You know, be fair with people, yeah. right? So share what you've got with others. What are we supposed supposed to do if you repent and you go right back into the to the way if, if you hear the gospel and the gospel <laughs> is articulated articulated to you in such a way that you think all you've got to do is say the magic words think the magic thoughts and then all of a sudden you're somehow good with god and you can go back living however you want to live and god's going to just bless you because you said the magic words and you thought the magic thoughts you're out of your freaking mind mm -hmm. that is not how it works yeah God wants people who are going to call on him and live for him. If you're not willing to live for him, if you're not willing to change, no amount of magic words is going to save you. Yeah. 
It's not going to save you. And it breaks my heart when I see brothers and sisters in the church who ought to know better sit there and think that, well, I really just need, I just, it's just got to be my way. And it's like, man, give it up. Yeah. Give it up. Yep. And it's horrible because yep. that's what these people are doing here. Oh, I repented. You didn't repent. You're Esau crying over his lost birthright. Yeah. You're not repenting. Mm. You're not repenting of anything. You feel bad. You got caught. It's not, it's, it's, it's like what John would say, right? It's not godly sorrow because godly sorrow leads to true repentance. Yeah. This is not true repentance. No, this is, this is a, uh-oh, we better go do this now because look at them 10 guys just got eat up. And for those who truly do repent, God forgave them, but he didn't forgive them because of their repentance. He forgave them because Moses interceded for them. Mm -hmm. you, see, you see that, right? Mm -hmm. God gives them forgiveness, but just because God gives us forgiveness does not mean that we're not going to have to endure the consequences of our sin. The Israelites learn that here. David's going to have to learn it well, when he sins you know, with we, Bathsheba. We, there, there are consequences to in all of our lives. You know, God's forgiven us. He's washed us clean. You know, he does, he does not hold to account our sin anymore no you know we we walk in the light have fellowship with other people that walk in the light he said his blood cleanses us from all sin so we're 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 when he sees us he sees perfection we still have to deal with the consequences of things that happen in our lives you know and and that those things sometimes can haunt us for years sometimes well, for a lifetime if you truly repent and you truly say i'm not i'm not living that life anymore i'm not doing those things then you should also readily accept the consequences of whatever actions. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, for, for members of the church, right? We think that forgiveness means I, I'm not going to, oh, you know, you've wronged me in some way. I'm going to forgive you and I'm not going to hold you accountable. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness mm -hmm. is a refusal to do whatever you did to back to you. Like you, for example, you punch me, you <laughs> slap me across the cheek and I don't slap you back. Forgiveness is I turn the other cheek, mm -hmm. all right? But in our country today, how would that work? If I've got a brother or sister who walks up to me and punches me in the face, I'm going to forgive you, all right? I'm not, I might not punch you back, but I'm going to pick up the phone and call the cops and press charges for battery mm -hmm. or press charges for assault. Mm -hmm. And you're going to go, because guess what? There's something wrong with you. Yeah. First of all, if you say you're a member of the church and you're so out of control that you can't, that you're hitting people, that you're physically being violent, there's a problem. There's a major problem here that needs to be addressed. And guess what? I'm going to call the cops and we're going to figure it out. Mm. I can still forgive you and call had, the cops. We had that, we had that issue here. Uh, not somebody hit somebody, but uh, somebody looked like they were on the, on the edge of being out of control. And we just sat them down and said, look, said, if, uh, if this doesn't stop, you're done. We love you, but you're done here. You, 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 and they, and they looked at us and said, oh, they mean it. And so it, it, you know, it straightened up, and then after a while, they 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 moved on. But but you know, you're done if you if you're not going to get your act together. If you're you know, we we love you and we want you here, but you're going to get your act together. That's right. You're going to get your act together, or you're going to be gone, and you won't be welcome here anymore. So, but that's you know, that's God says, hey, you know, I'll, I'll give you a chance, but at some point, I'm going to lay down the law, and then that's going to be over. It's going to be it, and that's what happened there. That's he right. laid down the law. He said, look, he said, I'm done with you. You're not going in. Now you're going to wander. And he told him already, he said, you're going to wander for another 40 years. You're going to wander. You're going to wander out there. And he said, I'm going to kill every one of you. Every one of you that said this, that was involved in this, everyone over the age of 20 is going to die. And we know later on, 603,500 603, died. That's right. Out of that, out of that group of people, 
you know, almost a, almost three quarters of a million people died in the next in the next three decades. Our actions matter. What we do matters. Yes, it's very very important. Um, that and, you walk and your talk match. And we well, and I think to some degree yeah. we want to live in a world where I've always got this second chance. I've always got this opportunity, and it, that's just not the case. Yeah, I, I it's not up to me to say when God is done with you. It's not no. up to me to say that. No. Um, forgiveness does not mean that we don't have to suffer consequences. Forgiveness yeah. does not just because I repent and <laughs> seek forgiveness does not but, mean you know, God, that this, I get out of jail free. If this is the first time you're hearing this, you know, you can go to God and say, God, I'm sorry. And and then and mean it. And please forgive me. And I will follow you from now on. And then do it. Right. And mean it and do it. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this text. Truly teaches us about your relationship with the with the people that that you have called to task, and it, and it shows the what they what they do is is what they did was unacceptable to you, Father. You uh, you punish them again, and you're going to punish this people, and we need to learn what what true repentance looks like and what it means. And Father, I pray that you, when we repent, uh, that we truly will turn and go go the other way and go towards you instead of away away from you. Father, help us to not rebel. Help us to be to honor you and glorify you with our lives and with our lips as we as we move forward, looking forward to being to, to being at home with you. Father, thank you so much for that opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.